Yes? Am I blasting porn on the living room speaker again? It's off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Friends Like Us podcast. Today, we will be deep diving into Season 1, Episode 12, the one with a dozen lasagnas. If you want to keep up with us, follow us on Twitter at FriendsLikeUsP1. So, in this episode, Rachel and Powell's relationship hits a snag when he makes a pass at Phoebe. Ross refuses to find out the sex of his baby until it's born, and Chandler and Joey go shopping for a new kitchen table. So in the intro, anybody know what song they're humming along to? No, because I knew you would look this up. Hmm. Yeah, it's The Odd Couple. The Odd Couple. Anybody heard of this show before? I've heard I have. of it, but I don't know enough I have about heard it. of the yeah. show. I also happen to know that in the reboot, or the, the re... They did. They basically... So there's the original Odd Couple, and then there's a more recent version of the show. And Matthew Perry is one of the main characters in it. Really? Yes. He's terrible in it. Hmm. It's truly It's odd. not that bad. It is not his best work. Is he the messy That's one? That's because he's older. He's the messy one. Yes. So I had to look this up earlier. <laughs> and there's like one messy guy and one like straight lace guy and they get divorced and they're living together. What struck me odd is like, this came on in 1970 and they all knew this by heart. And I'm just sitting here like, damn, this like dates the show. Like, how do they know such an old song? And then when they stop doing that one, they go right into I Dream a Genie, which was like the same time era. And I'm just like, how old are these guys? But I thought about it. Ross would have been about three years old in 1970 when this show came on. So it's not too far-fetched with us with friends. I think I was four I was when like this two. show came on. But it's so ingrained in the culture of the time, like that song must have been in all their heads because they all knew it verbatim. Right. But, I mean, if I'm... Like, everyone's going to be able to... Yeah. It's going to no be sad because like our kids were, are going to have this ingrained to their heads. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be Absolutely. saying the same thing. I mean, I told you this. We walked out... That was our, what do you call the walk-on wedding music? I mean, we walked into our reception to the Friends theme song. We did. Awesome. And it's a great song, if you think about it, for that. Because your whole bridal party's coming out. And it's like, no one told you life was going to be this way. No, no, no. You're like, yeah, no one told us. Look at us. Like, we're here now. Like, who knew? Look at us. (laughs) Do you ever think we'd be here? It's true. It's a great song. If you actually like just listen to like the lyrics. Yeah. It really speaks to that time period of like when you're in your twenties and you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Right. It is it is true. I do like uh I like Ross is like wanting to start another one and Chandler No no, no we're done. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that again. Thankfully. I feel like they were a little too in sync on this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's not good. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and talk about the, the table and the lasagnas. <laughs> Together? Yeah, might as yeah. well. Okay. It's so short. <clears throat> I mean, the lasagna is basically at the beginning, and then she kind of just hands them off throughout the episode, and that's yeah. it. So Monica makes a dozen lasagnas. <laughs> Let's move on to the table story. 
But um, yeah, the lasagna is it is the title episode, but we've seen this over and over. It seems to be like the title episode is like the least significant thing that happened. I mean, this really isn't even a plot point. It's just yeah. there happened to be lasagnas. So, do you want to cover the table? I think we should cover the table next because there's a lot to talk about with the Palo thing, but not as much. There's some to talk about the table. I think it doesn't have as many scenes, but it does have major implications on the series and the message it's sending. It's a funny bit that they do with Joey and Chandler every once in a while where they treat them like a couple. Yeah, big time in this episode. So, I I did note, how lucky was it that when they walked into the room... But they threw the keys down on the table instead of setting the lasagna down on the table first. Because Chandler still has that full thing of lasagna in his hand. And I was like, oh man, that would have really sucked if he had put the lasagna down first. That's a great point. I almost think they should have done that because it just like, oh shit. But then, but then they don't get the scene where they got their knees butted up against each other eating lasagnas out of each other's laps, which sounds really metaphorical. Yeah. I don't know for what, but it seems... <laughs> Eating each other's meat. They can't survive without each other. That's how codependent they yeah. are. They are very. She talked about at the beginning. Who gets together and does six separate tasks? They right. do. They're codependent as hell. So, um, so then, the, well, they end up arguing over who should buy the uh, the, the table. Yeah. Uh, Joey believes since it was Chandler's table in the first place, he should replace it. And Chandler thinks since Joey did. Angela DelVecchio on it, and he should replace it. Where do you stand? Who should replace the table? I think that they should be normal human beings and go in 50-50 on it and split it. They live together. You'll figure that kind of stuff out if 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 somebody moves out or whatever. Just go halfsies on it. It's the incorrect answer. Leah. <laughs> I do find it a little weird to go 50-50 if it's your roommate. Just really? because, yeah, because I think it can cause too many issues when you're trying to move out because one of you's going to want it and the other one's going to want it and you're both going to just fight about it, so it's kind of dumb. Look, here's the deal. I don't want to share my stuff. Okay, I don't want you to have part ownership in anything. All right? I'd rather... Yeah, I pretty much own everything in our I'd house. rather have wholly Legally owned... Legally, don't. <laughs> Legally. I'd rather have wholly owned items that are part of a greater set, right? Like I, I would, Like, I wouldn't be okay with sharing a TV with somebody, but I'd be like, okay, I'll get the TV... You get the coffee table. We figure out how we put this together. That way, when the split happens, it's easy. It's like, it's my fucking TV, right? You don't have to do all that. So Literally, I everything in our house is like that. Yeah. I like Either he bought it or I bought it. There's like, no 50-50. Well, you're married, so it's, it is kind of 50-50. Like. <laughs> no, it won't be. No, no. Well, I don't know what the answer was you were looking for, Phoebe, but I don't... <laughs> I'm glad. I well, no, I was, just, I was just curious what... I think since Chandler provided the first one and Joey did break it, it would be on Joey. Yeah. If anything, it's on Joey. But, you know, I think the realistic thing for Chandler to do here is, like, hey, I'm going to go buy us a table. Throw me some money when I get back. Give me a hundred bucks or something. I I thought it was weird, the the, uh, joke about the butter. So I wanted to bring that up. (laughs) So I've been thinking a lot about the imprints left in the butter. And I think the first thing you think of when they say that line is, okay, there's a big butt imprint in the butter. But that doesn't work because like a stick of butter. It's not defined. It's not defined. I think there were penis imprints in the butter. Leah's <laughs> <laughs> face. Either way. And how would you get a penis imprint like that? 
Well, that's what they call a hog print. Have you heard of a hog print? <laughs> what so, the fuck? So, you're going to learn a lot. So, <laughs> I didn't drink enough before So, the tip, the tip of the penis... <laughs> <laughs> leaves a, a leaves a unique shape if it leaves an imprint, so and it is in the shape of like a like a like a pig's nose. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll be. <laughs> no, it's like if you smash it flat. Yeah, I'm there's, not gonna say anymore. There's not. So, <laughs> please do go on. Go on. <laughs> so I just think I think. For lack of a better term, Joey has hog printed a stick of butter, and Joey found this. Chandler found this. <laughs> or Chandler found the stick of butter. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, um, I mean, what else could it be? I mean, maybe, maybe uh, Miss Delvecchio just kind of rubbed it up so that, like, when when she was going down there, it had a little buttery flavor. Like, I'm just trying. I don't think it's the first thing you think. I don't think her butt was on it. I think that doesn't work for me. But, you know, what do I know? Unless it was like a tub of butter. <laughs> now, if it's a tub of butter, I stand by what I said. I think it's hot printed. <laughs> well, but yeah, Chandler brings up his ex-roommate, Kip, which is a point of contention. It seems like that he's been brought up a lot in the past. Oh, yeah. And that goes with the couples thing, right? Like somebody bringing up his... Mm-hmm. It's almost like Joey saying, well, was Kip a better girlfriend than me? Right. Or boyfriend than me, or whatever you want to call it. They play up the dynamic heavy in this. I mean, they're doing very domestic things yes. in this episode, so they play to that dynamic. It, it's also funny, when they're shopping for the table in the beginning, they're they're talking about patio furniture, and that's a little foreshadowing, too, to where it's like, Joey's like, whoa, I can't get patio furniture, well, they're going to get confused that they're outside? But after they get robbed, they end up with the patio furniture, so they should have just cut out the middleman and got it. I also find it funny with that, though, because it looks like the table that Chandler had originally was patio furniture. Yeah, it wasn't very it, it wasn't was, very high-end at all. It was not like a normal thing that you would put inside. It didn't look like to me. Yeah. We do get, we do get a little bit of Monica's competitive side shown in this episode with the foosball table. And that sticks around, too, because they mm-hmm. reuse that bit when uh, Monica and Richard are together. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, the foosball table is, like, a staple of the series. One of those objects that I think not maybe as important as maybe the frame on the door, but it's up there. I'd put mm-hmm. it in the top five of iconic objects that come out of the show. That's true. That's why I think that storyline is the most important. There's not as much there, but it's the most important one. I think it's a fair argument. But yeah, Kip. He gets brought up a few times. And I'd kind of forgotten about him, but he gets brought up he he gets brought up like three times. And like didn't Monica date I think so. Kip at one point. That's some good continuity on the friend side. What about um the menorah? And actually, was in the menorah one with the blackout was, was that Kip? Kip's? I think so. The other thing I wanted to... Because it was from his last roommate. Sorry. Can you think of anything else? That reminds me, not about Kit, but about Angela Del Vecchio, because there's some continuity there. Because later on, I think when Joey's trying to buy a gift for um, What's-Her-Face that Chandler likes, I think I think Chandler asked, what did um, Joey buy Angela Del Vecchio for her birthday? And he's like, she didn't have a birthday. 
and he was like for three years. So but I yeah. think she comes back. I think that's the same girl that they talk about. That's kind of neat. That's interesting. I could be I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, no, tell I mean, me I'm no. wrong on Twitter. Let me know. But I think that no, she comes up at least right one time. <laughs> no spoilers. I don't want to be proven wrong live. I want to be proven wrong this later. But I can live. think of a witty response. You can literally edit this out. Yeah, he, she is mentioned in the pilot where Joey states she never had a birthday when they were dating. Yep. Angela Although that is not, this is interesting. Although not specifically stated, this is likely the same Angela whom Joey and Monica broke up in the one with the East German laundry detergent. Oh, shit, her name was Angela. The one that nibbles on the chicken. No wings. way, so it goes even deeper. Wow. So that, so she, Angela. she broke, she got, she got, um, uh, so do you think that that experience on the table table happened the first round with Joey or the second round after Joey and Monica broke them up? First round. I think so. First round? And then it just survived for a little while? <laughs> yeah. Well, you never forget. Well, yeah. yeah, gosh, because that episode is actually, we covered it four or five episodes. It was episode five. So yeah. Yeah. We covered that. Could have been that night. It after. could have been a few days later yeah. and I wiped out That's the table. So cool. That's this is one of the few times we've actually had some decent continuity. Yeah. They're getting there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all in a tw- well, they do a terrible job of it throughout the show, but they within do. this twelve episode period, this might be the best continuity we've had. Oh, and then Kip ran off to get married. Monica and Kip dated, I think. Yeah. So that that's a lot of good continuity. So, so other two plot points. Do we want to do we want to save Rachel and Powell for last? Yeah, Ross's is kind of short with the sex of the baby. Cover Ross's baby. I'm glad we actually do talk about this because I mean we we got the plot point. You know, he finds out the baby's okay, and then they find out that you know the baby know they know what the sex of the baby is. And it's the, do you want to know or do you not want to know? Would you want to know? Yeah. Leah, you would want to know immediately. Yeah, I mean, you already have the technology to do it. Why wouldn't you want to know? Okay. I mean, that... Yeah, I'd want to know. But if, like, if my, you know, baby mama or whatever in this scenario... Yeah. ...doesn't want to know, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, I'd force it. Yeah. Would you... He, Are you saying you would be okay with not knowing with be, her? Yeah. Or you would just... Oh, really? But if it was my decision, I'd be like, just tell me. You could still get the information from the doctor. She doesn't have to know. Yeah, but then everybody likes to do this whole, you know, hit a balloon with a bat shit now. Oh, I no, don't... I do that, <laughs> I don't understand not knowing. Like, don't you want to prepare in any... <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I would just want to be I guess, able to pick out a name... So, yeah. Not necessarily like colors or outfits. I'm just worried about clothes for real, though. You can dress. I mean, buy me a bunch of yellow shit. Here's the thing. thing. Just do green. You start telling your parents and your in-laws what the gender is beforehand, you're going to be getting free baby clothes way earlier. That's true. I'm just saying. He's seen my parents do it. Yeah. It's bad. We're going to know immediately. Yeah, it's probably a good call. I do like the green idea, though, if it doesn't... 
Yeah, if you don't want to know, green, green. green goes both ways. Favorite color. It's Betty's beef. Hello, mommy. <laughs> Which leads me to my favorite line. Oh, my God. I've talked about it the last few episodes. Joey has been, like, firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders. He's starting to get into it, and he's doing a lot better. And this episode's a good Joey episode, and I love how clever that line is. I'm bothered at the same time because, like, a couple scenes later... He makes that whole niece or nephew joke, which is funny, but also makes him thick again. But mm-hmm. I feel like this joke he makes, you have to be c- kind of clever. But, but yeah. he pushed it so that Joey's character would be a little bit dumber. So yeah. I think it adds a little bit of comedy to it. Yeah. I know. I do really... I just, it, it worked out so well in the end, but I, I hear you. I like... I've really come to appreciate first season Joey. First season Joey's Yeah. Nice. Actually, every season, Joey's amazing. I think think it's been highlighted because we've had more time to digest it, going through it episode by episode, and have to really process it. And that, with a combination of Ross just being intolerable for a whole season, it just makes him, uh, it makes Joey and Chandler just shine. (laughs) The other thing I like about this is a very real thing. It's a very real thing to do if you're really good friends with someone. You fuck with them. Yeah. Right? So if you're a really good friend, you're not going to hold back about the whole, your kid's not going to live with you and right. why his mommy live with the other. That is a good friend joke right there. So Ross is not I, amused. No, he's not <laughs> amused. What's a lesbian? Yeah. <laughs> why does mommy live with that other woman? <laughs> it is fantastic writing and great execution on, on Joey there. <laughs> Can we talk about Ross's line about how you can plop him down in the uterus and he can find his way out? That's a little disturbing. That seems really weird. It mm. seems a little serial killer-esque. Because a little bit. There's not a whole lot going on down there to be able to, like... <laughs> yeah. The baby growing is going to come out one way. Yeah, I didn't think knows. that that would be the focus of the baby books that Joey was talking about. Like, it always throws me off because... When he says baby books, I'm assuming, okay, how to take care of the baby, how to burp it, how to change the diaper, all this stuff. And he's like, no, I'm learning how to get out of the uterus. And it's like, Ross, that's not your job. You got it. You got a doctor and a baby that already know the direction it's going. You need to learn how to take care of that dude. Maybe read the the Lamaze books or, you know, parenting after the fact. Yeah, it almost seems like he's reading a book on female anatomy and not actually about raising a kid. Forest for the trees, Ross. I mean... It was a a bad line and Ross got stuck with it. It was definitely weird. Yeah. It's pretty much only going to come out one way unless you have a C-section, so... True. They do visit Carol and Susan. That's at the beginning of the plot point, though, kind of like establishing whether or not he wants to know or not know or anything like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was very indecisive about that. I, I think that Ross is trying to just be a contrarian. I think he's just trying to be different. In yeah. this case, like I think because they everybody wants to oh my know. God, he's the original hipster. Yes. <laughs> He had a monkey. <laughs> he had an illegal monkey. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's just like, because at first it doesn't he, it doesn't seem like he's thought about it at all, but then he like doubles down as soon as they're like, oh, well, we want to know it. Yeah. He's like, oh, well, you shouldn't know things like that. Where the fuck did that come from, Ross? Doesn't he seem to fit. Technology. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to fit his character as somebody who likes to plan everything exactly. out. Exactly. 
Someone who likes to, I mean, someone who planned out where him and Rachel were going to live. Yeah. Doesn't want to know who the sex of baby. How he was going to propose to her. Yeah. yeah. He would want to know so he could overanalyze and plan out everything. I don't, another key flaw in Ross's character here. I wonder if it's partially because the baby's not really going to live with him. Yeah, they never really talk about it in the show. Like, they never have the conversation of who's going to get uh, the baby when. Mm-hmm. It just kind of happens and it's never addressed. So there's an untold story there as to why Ross only gets Ben every once in a while. Right. So it probably has something to do with his rage. <laughs> it <laughs> definitely does later rage. on when we no longer see Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. They're like, he's batshit crazy. Your father is mentally unstable, son. You cannot see him. Hello. Let's see you fuck Hello up. and Rachel. So, things start off with more of, oh, Rachel and Paolo are so cute together. And it's I can. disgusting because... Going to the Poconos. It is tiresome. I think everybody... I mean, they're setting it up to be this way, so we hate Paolo. Mm-hmm. But God, I'm just... You really want him to be gone. Yeah. And then next time we see him, he is going to get a massage from Phoebe. So yeah. <laughs> not understand what massage was. Yeah, I think that... They're painting him to be somebody who assumes that if you're a massage person, you're also a prostitute. I mean, it's fair that he misunderstood, possibly. Maybe yeah. things are different in Italy. I mean, he doesn't speak a lot of English, so maybe right. he thought that she sent him there, you know? I'm thinking <laughs> that's true, right? So Rachel does send him there. Raquel, I tell me too. Well, I don't know if she necessarily sent him there. He just said that... Raquel said that you do the massage and she's like yeah I do I'm wondering if there is a conversation that was misinterpreted where Raquel was like yeah you should go get a massage from Phoebe and then Powell's like wow you're really cool okay and then goes and I mean, it happened to Frank Jr. He had exactly English this is not the last time although he was a little dumb (laughs) but I wonder what it how it is over in Italy if they normally have more places like that I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to just assume like that's how that it up. is in Italy, you know. So, well, if that's his, you know, if or that's maybe his philosophy well, wouldn't have worked out. Wait, maybe that's not necessarily an Italian thing. Maybe that's an impression of American massage parlors on a foreigner. Maybe he just assumes that's how they're all going to be, yeah. and so just like Frank did, even though he wasn't a foreigner, but he wasn't used to the city. And then, you know, girlfriend says, hey, you should go see Phoebe. And he's immediately just like, Frank, like, you want me to go see a prostitute? Like, okay. And then that's where I think he went there to do that because he had the same idea in his head. But I would be curious as to how that conversation went down because wouldn't you question it a little bit more? He probably did, but there's still that language barrier. Like, they barely know what they're saying to each other. But I feel like in their fight, maybe that would have been a little bit brought to light of Rachel being like, no, that's not what I meant. I'm sure. I, I don't know. I think I think it was a massive miscommunication. Possible. And uh, a grave one at that. I don't think Paolo's a complete saint, but maybe he's not as terrible of a person as we think he is. Maybe he didn't do it on his own accord. Maybe he was very, very, very confused. Mm-hmm. Still not husband material. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have worked out anyway, yeah. but yeah. So we, you know, he's he's pitching a tent, and then we see Phoebe come in and, and retell the story of what happened. Yes. Oh to my the gosh. game. The best part about this is the one of the deleted scenes that we have on DVD. Because Ross asks, "How do you? How did you handle it?" And it shows her like ripping the blanket underneath of him, out from underneath of him, so he rolls off the massage table. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty good. But yeah, she Phoebe comes in and is kind of asking the rest of the gang what to do. Like, should I tell her? Which I think is a very common situation that, that seems to happen with men and women. Yeah. Have you guys ever had anything like this happen and have to tell? Yes. Yeah. It's a hard situation. So I think... That happens common. I've been... annoys me. I've definitely been a part of situations where we know somebody's up to no good. And I I was glad you brought it up because I was curious what you guys thought. So, I mean, do you... In my opinion, you go to the person who's doing the wrong deed, which obviously you can't do in Paolo's case because of the language barrier. But I say, because I think that that information needs to come to the, from the perpetrator if you can get it to happen that way. So I think you go to that person and say, you tell them, but if you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them. Yeah. Because I don't want to be that person that goes, but well, I'm not going to sit there and know about it and never say anything. So it's like, tell them yourself. It needs to, it needs to come from you. That's the honest thing to do. But if you're not, yeah, we're going to... What do you think? I, I agree with what you're saying. In this situation, absolutely, you got to go to her. But if it's a situation where I'm friends with a person who's not cheating, mm-hmm. and I'm casually acquainted with this other person who makes a pass at me, I'm going straight to the friend. That's my friend, yeah. right? If we're both friends then I'm definitely going to the person who did it first. I'm like, look, yeah. I'll give you a day. Yeah. You I can go see tell that. them or I'm telling them. Yeah. But in this situation, her hand's forced. I mean, she's got to go to Rachel. She obviously can't go to Paolo. She can't go to Paolo. She's going to, you know, there's going to be another miscommunication and he's going to go try and sleep with Monica. Like, that's... <laughs> you want to see again. Yeah. <laughs> so... What do you think, Leah? I think to an extent, I get what you're saying. I, I do agree with uh, Brayden here. If you're not really friends with the person that's cheating, then I wouldn't go to them at yeah. all. Uh, I would just go straight to the person and be like, look. And I would I would actually, what I did when I was kind of involved in something like this, I, I made sure I had proof. Which Phoebe kind of does. Phoebe does in this situation. Sometimes you can't always. Uh, we had text messages of stuff of him texting another girl the exact same thing he had texted my friend uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of their relationship. <laughs> so I was able to yeah, at least provide hurts. proof for it. So I wouldn't go like blindly, but I would try to give them as much information yeah. for them to do with what they wanted to. I've seen this happen a lot, and it's very common with women. I'm sure it happens with guys all the time too. But it seems like when a girl is being cheated on by a guy – and their girlfriend finds out and tries to tell them. They get mad at the girlfriend mm-hmm. instead of getting mad at their boyfriend because, oh, you're just jealous. Mm. I've seen that happen a lot, and it's really painful to watch. Yeah. But Rachel handled it very well, did yeah. not react that way. So what, what, what would be your um, oatmeal cookies and milk 
approach. Would you would you make cookies? I mean, how do you prep the situation? You just you bring in. a bottle of wine. Yeah. You go in cold wine. I think wine, I would liquor. take them out for a drink and I was swap thinking, pleasantries for a while before I bring it up. And yeah, I'm thinking alcohol is it going to be a common yeah. yeah common method like not too much public place that could be bad public place. just enough to to really mm-hmm. more to 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 calm me down before I have to give bad news like. Yeah. I brought you here so I can have a few drinks and tell you. Right. Not only do you have to drive me home, <laughs> but you're being cheated on. You can take an Uber to my house because she's not there. Yeah. <laughs> when you get home, she'll be gone. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah. That's a tough situation, but a very realistic realistic plot point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, kudos to Phoebe for setting it up with a cookie and then Taking it down. She knew she had to do the hard thing. I like the way she did that, too, because she wasn't just trying to set it up with a cookie as, like, a... She was using it as a way to she, prove she was honest. Yeah, she was trying to prove to Rachel that, hey, I'm not going to lie to you about this. Like, I would never lie. And, and I, I give kudos to that because it's like, well, that's... I mean, obviously, if you've been friends for a while, you normally wouldn't do that. But I like that Phoebe still did that. It was a very Phoebe way to, like... Like, I can imagine Phoebe arguing a court case the same way. Like, now, <laughs> if you will refer back to my earlier statement where I said that I don't lie and that these cookies are the best in the world, and you, on the record, have said these are the best cookies in the world, then therefore we can conclude that I never lie. Like, that is such a Phoebe argument to she's, make. She's possibly studied some logic with those French lessons behind the, the dumpster. But yeah, they have the big knockdown drag out after that happens, and Rachel doesn't blame Phoebe at all, which I think is pretty admirable on her point on 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 her part. But so yeah. what happens after this? Oh, so now that she's doing that, <clears throat> Phoebe told Ross and Chandler and Joey yeah. that that's going on, and they're like, "You gotta go, you gotta go." Right. I think they they definitely set them up for failure because it's not a good time. It's no. really not, and I don't think any of them read that situation correctly. No. Yeah, and I think it's kind of that thing where you push the issue, and it just pushes that person even farther away. But I think, oh I feel God. like Ross almost needs some time to himself, too. I mean, he got Definitely. divorced, his wife's a lesbian, he's got a kid on the way. I don't understand. Is that just different for guys? I don't understand where he's coming from. Mm. Uh, no, I don't think it's different in the fact that coming out of a relationship... No matter how long, you need some time to be with yourself, process that, work on yourself a little bit. I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but you do. And then when you, and you need to reflect on the mistakes that you made in that previous relationship and determine if you're going to just keep living the same life, making the same fucking mistakes and repeating them, or if you're going to change, what do you want? That kind of shit. But the last scene is all I have left, and Monica's hitting up the foosball table, dominating. Oh, yeah. 2.30 a.m. Yeah, it's 2.30 in the morning, and they kick her out because she's being the future Monica that we'll, we'll see the competitive side of her. And they kind of carry her out of the apartment. They're like, you want to play another game? Like, yeah. Now that she's gone. As long as it's not with her. So... That was it, pretty entertaining. It's overall a good episode. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was as good until I went back and watched it, but I liked it. Anyways, uh, let's play Bamboozle! So I have... <laughs>
three questions right now, but I have other ones in my head if I need. Okay. <laughs> three questions. Did we answer one of them? Yeah. Damn it. What do we need? Go for it. All right. Give me the easy one. Uh, well, I gotta be the easy one. <laughs> well, skip to the next one. We didn't know it was gonna be the, the easy one, one until you said something. So, oh. In the beginning, what is the second theme song from that Ross starts humming? This is the genie thing. My genie? Is that your final answer? I don't want it to be with that tone, but <laughs> I don't have another answer. But Brain's gonna know it, but fuck me. My genie. <laughs> No. The answer is I dream of genie. Yeah. Fuck it. Where did you get mine? Fuck. I knew genie was in it. I wasn't gonna know it if you hadn't said something. You, you, you deserve that. I said it at the beginning of the episode. All right. So Brayden stole that one. one. So technically, it's your turn though. If I win, if I get this, is this for the win? Technically, yeah. I have. With all I the have three more questions. questions in my head. I can We're ask gonna... more. So I can ask all of the questions that I have in my head if you want. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll see if he gets it. Let's, 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 let's not get too big for our britches here, Brayden. Alright? What author did Rachel refer to when talking about her feelings for Paolo? I cannot think of her last name. I don't know. Steven, do you want to steal? Yes. And I thought it was... I'm, I'm probably going to be wrong because I thought it was a guy, but I thought it was like Daniel Steele. Or Danielle Steele? It's Danielle Steele. Oh, okay. I knew the first name, I couldn't think it's, of the last it's name. It's a woman. Okay. <laughs> Do I get that point? Because I just Daniel. Daniel. I, I think Steel? you got it close enough. Okay. If Britain has any issues with that. I'll allow it. Heck yeah! I couldn't right, think of Steele. the uh, next question? It goes back to me, I still. Back to you. What other insect was on the ladybug chair? What? Watch the episode. Did they show the ladybug chair? They did. That's the only way I know this. What? What other insect was on the ladybug chair? I am going to answer butterfly. That is correct. Fuck yeah! Nice shooting. <laughs> I have some other questions in my head that I can ask if you guys want to keep going. I can still ask him. Alright, alright. The next question goes to Brayden. Okay. We'll do two more. We'll do two more. See if you can tie them. So, when Phoebe is telling her story, and Rachel gets called over by what they're saying. What what actress's name do they say as? Uma Thurman. Alright, so now we're tied up. I regret <laughs> this. What are the names of Monica and uh, Ross's aunt uncle that they talked to at the beginning of the show? Oh, go. Screw you. What? Wow. Um, nice talk. I was talking to Braden. I don't think the contestants are supposed to talk to each other. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't have a guess. Brayden. It's not Althea. <laughs> it is Syl and Ronnie. Or Sylvia. It is Syl and Freddy. What? You kiss Uncle Freddy with that mouth? Oh. So great, now we're in a tie. <laughs> we're in a tie now. And they never say it. Damn. Sylvia, just still. It is Freddy. I thought it was Ronnie. Where did you I was so Ronnie? confident. It's close. Fuck. Now I'm gonna have to find something. Okay. Here we go. This is for me. When after Ross leaves Susan and Carol's place, Susan says, "Who should we call first? Your folks or what are the two names she gives?" 
You got the transcript right there, man. Dude, I'm telling oh. you, this is so difficult to come up with questions for this episode because, you, like, unless you do stuff like this, there's nothing there. I feel like it's one of those names that ends in a in that it's like the Liebermans or the or the, or something like that. Lebermans, Liebermans, I don't know, Liebermans. Final answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is Deb and Rona. It is. No! <laughs> I'm editing that shit out. I don't know. <laughs> All right, this I've is been. It's a hard episode to find questions for. Steven, you've been bamboozled. No, at least I haven't been hog printed <laughs> yet. Whoa. I'll get the butter. <laughs> All right, guys. That concludes today's episode of Friends Like Us. Next episode, we will be discussing the one with the boobies, season one, episode thirteen. Go out and watch the episode and join us back here. If you want to keep up with us, follow us on Twitter at Friends Like Us P One. Or Instagram, Friends LU Podcast. Or join our Facebook page, Friends Like Us Podcast. I'm Leah, and on behalf of Stephen and Brayden, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody.